The first Wednesday night of the month, we take some time to do what we call first things first. And it's a gathering where we like to just make a real intimate type of setting. And uh, we have a short time in the Word, and then we'll spend the rest of the night just in worship, waiting on the Lord. Our pastors will be available for prayer. There'll be opportunity for communion. And, um, and what we've been doing is we have been uh, focusing for this year. We decided that we were going to focus on, on these First Things First Wednesdays, the subject of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, found here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And um, so I'm going to read, beginning in verse 1, and I'm going to read down through verse 11, and then we'll kind of jump into this tonight. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were, that, that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. And therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Then he says this, There are diversities of, of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And for to one is given the, the word of wisdom, and to another, or the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, and to another, faith by the same Spirit, and to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit, and to another, the working of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, the discerning of spirits, and to another, different kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, last week we kind of, or, or last month, we kind of did a little introduction to this, and I want to give a, just a couple of reminders that we saw in that very first study. Um, reminder number one, he tells them here in verse seven that all these gifts are in reality manifestations of the Spirit of God. And that word manifestation, if you remember, it means shining forth. The shining forth. And so spiritual gifts are in reality a shining forth of the Holy Spirit, which means that they are, are an expression not of man's ability, but an expression of a person who is under the power of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, spiritual gifts are the means whereby men are enabled and women are enabled by the Holy Spirit to do things that are humanly impossible. So that was the first thing that we noted, that this 
idea of the gifts of the Spirit is the manifestation, the shining forth of the Holy Spirit. Reminder number two, as he tells them in verse four, is that there is a diversity of gifts, but there is one Spirit working in them all. And we talked about how there are different gifts, and there are gifts that are the same, but they might be used differently from vessel to vessel. And we you know, used as an analogy or an illustration for that the gift of teaching and how you know, different people that have that gift can teach in a whole different way. Different people that, people that lead, lead differently. And these are gifts that are mentioned in Ephesians 4, Romans 12. And we'll you know, kind of get to those. Um, but these gifts can function differently through the vessel that they're being uh, coming through. Reminder number three is he tells him in verse 11 that the Spirit is sovereign in the dispensing of these gifts. Notice verse 11 again. He says, but one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually. Here's the key, as he wills. And what that means is people don't call these up at will. It's not like, oh, I think I'm going to prophesy today. You know, it doesn't work that way. Oh, I think I'm going to heal people today. No, this is something that happens happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon somebody in, in a moment, and usually it's in a moment when there's a need, and empowers them, infuses them with one of these gifts. So it's the Spirit who moves and uses who he wants and when he wants. And then reminder number four is he tells them in verse seven that the purpose of these gifts is for the edification of the body of Christ. Notice verse seven again. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man for the profit of all. In other words, the the gifts of the Spirit are not to highlight you. It's not so people go, oh, wow, look how spiritual that person is. Or, wow, look at that. He spoke in tongues. Or, oh, look at that. You know, he, no, no, no. It's to highlight the Holy Spirit. It's to, it's to bring edification, the building up of the body of Christ. Now, last time we looked at the gifts of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge And we talked about how those two go together. Word of knowledge is when the Holy Spirit gives you knowledge about about something that you wouldn't normally have. It's knowledge that that you wouldn't know, that he gives you insight into something that's going on in somebody's life. And we talked about how the word of knowledge oftentimes is coupled with the word of wisdom because somebody might get a word of knowledge about something that is going on and that same person or somebody else might get a word of wisdom as what the answer is to what is going on in that person's life. And, And both of the times it's two people that have no idea what was happening and what was going on. And and if you, again, want more information, because we're kind of doing on these Wednesday nights at First Things First a Reader's Digest version of these. But on our website, in our study in 1 Corinthians, we have something like, you know, an 11 or 12-week series that we did through these in the book of 1 Corinthians where we spent like an hour each night talking about all of these things. So if you want to get into these in more detail, I encourage you to check out our website and you can find those there. But 
Um, I'm just wanting to give us kind of a, a overview. So I'm really not, my purpose is to not talk about all of the, you know, discrepancies or all the things that people that don't believe in the gifts. I, I'm, I'm coming from a standpoint of, you know, as a church here at Calvary Vista, we believe the gifts are for today. And, and Paul would say later on in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that we are to do all things decently and in order. And so as a church, we want to be doing all things. And we believe that the Holy Spirit is moving and working in the body of Christ today in a lot of different ways. And we want to be open to that. So we want to be open to all things. We want to be open to the gifts, but we also want to be open to them functioning decently and in order. And I think, you know, um, the way that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are meant to function are, are to function in a way where people don't get weirded out, but they get really, really blessed. And so um, that's kind of our focus for these nights. So tonight we're going to talk about the gift of faith, healings, and miracles, the working of miracles um, in verse 9 and 10. Look at it again. He says, To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, and to another the working of miracles. And Paul mentions these three gifts And these three gifts often work in conjunction with one another, which is why we are looking at them and talking about them uh, all together tonight. And we'll start with the gift of faith. All biblical faith has its foundation in God because God is the object of our faith, okay? So God's the object of our faith. That's our faith is great because our God is great. We can have faith in a, in a big God who can do great things, who there's nothing is impossible for him. And so all biblical faith has its foundation in God. We could say that biblical faith is confidence in God. We see that in the story of David and Goliath. You know, David comes to the battle scene and everybody else is scared of Goliath, but David isn't. David doesn't see a big giant, he sees a big God and a little man because his God is bigger. And I've told you this before, one of the things that's really interesting about that story is that those who have put together what's called the Reese Chronological Bible, where they look at um, and they put the Psalms in the narrative in First and Second Samuel in the places where they believe, you know, just through uh, their study and all, that David wrote these Psalms. And it's interesting because before First Samuel 17, they place Psalm 19 where David is meditating and he says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And so this is the perspective that David has when he comes to the battle scene. He's been meditating on God. Okay. So he sees a big God. And because of that, he has faith. This faith, his confidence in God to take out Goliath. We see the same thing um, with Joshua at Jericho is his faith in God because he met the commander of the army of the Lord who gave him a battle plan. And so he goes into it with a confidence in his great God. Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, we have faith defined. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And we could put it this way, that faith is an inward assurance that God is faithful, that he keeps his promises. It's that inward assurance that results in an outward confidence, even when we can't see what the future holds. It's been said that faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and accepts the impossible. 
Faith is the key that opens the door to the work of God in the world. And the rest of Hebrews chapter 11 is about all these men and women who exercise great faith in God. We, we can talk about saving faith, that we're saved by our faith. And so we understand that faith is a huge element to our walk with the Lord. But the gift of faith is different than just faith and biblical faith. The gift of faith is often referred to as special faith. And the title is given to this gift because this faith differs from saving faith and it differs from normal Christian faith in degree and in application. God is still the object. But this gift is super, it's a supernatural endowment of faith given by the Holy Spirit to be manifested in a time of crisis or a time of opportunity. It's in such a time that God will give this divine certainty to the soul of a person that he's at work. That all of a sudden there's just this filling of the Spirit and this supernatural sense that that you have faith to step out and move and work. The gift of faith or special faith does not ensure that we will never doubt again, but it's a special faith to believe God in special circumstances. And I'll give you an example of this. We're not going to turn there, but in Acts chapter 3, we have Peter and James or Peter and John, they're, they're on their way to the temple. And there by the temple is a lame man who has been begging. They've probably passed by this guy because it was their normal, you know, kind of mode of operation to go to the temple um, on a regular basis and they would go to pray. And they probably passed by this guy because he was a, a known beggar in the community who would often, you know, sit by the gate beautiful. And, and, and they're walking by him on this one particular occasion when he says, you know, he's calling out for alms that Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold I don't have but what I do have I'm going to give to you in the name of Jesus Christ rise up and walk and he grabs him by the hand and pulls him up in that moment Peter was endowed with this gift of faith this special faith and it was coupled also with the gift of healing where he reached out and he touched this guy. And later on, Peter would say this when people were questioning. He said, in speaking of Jesus, and it's his name and through faith in his name that has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Peter says that the faith came from the Lord, that it was this faith that was given to him in that moment. Pastor Chuck tells a great story of something that happened to him. I love this story. Um, There was a family one night after church that wheeled their dad up to Pastor Chuck to ask Pastor Chuck if he would pray for their dad. And without even hesitating, Paul, or Pastor Chuck said, sure, I'd love to pray for him. And as he was praying, he starts praying that God would heal this guy. He's in a wheelchair. He's crippled. And, and he's praying that God would heal him. And in that moment, Pastor Chuck says that God just filled him with faith 
that he was going to heal this guy. And he reached out and he pulled him up out of his wheelchair and the guy was completely healed. What's really, really amazing is afterwards, the family was blown away, but afterwards they said, we, we were actually wanting you to pray for him because he had a cold. And uh, <laughs> so they hadn't even, they weren't even asking, you know, that he would pray for him to get healed. Of, but, but that's what happened. Well, two weeks later, somebody else brings their relative up in a wheelchair wanting Pastor Chuck to pray for him. And they're hoping the same thing's going to happen. And uh, Pastor Chuck prayed, and he prayed that God would touch this person and that he would heal him. And, and then, you know, afterwards, nothing happened, and he sent him on his way. And his son asked him, he said, Dad, how come, how come you didn't pull that guy up out? And he says, because God did not give me the faith. And that's the difference. That gift of faith is when God will meet you, the Holy Spirit will meet you in a moment and just give you a confidence that he is going to do something, that he is going to work. And um, this gift can be manifested in times when God gives you a great certainty that he's going to move and work in a particular situation. I've had times when I'm praying for somebody and I, you know, I pray for a lot of people. People always come up, you know, Pastor, how can you pray for me? And I'll anoint them with oil, like it says in the book of James, and I'll pray for them. And there have been times where I, I have just known, like, okay, this person's going to get healed right now. But there's a lot of times when I don't feel that way at all. But there's certain times where I can pray even with a greater confidence because in that moment, God has given me that gift of faith. I've had the same thing happen in preaching where, you know, I'll be honest with you. Probably most of the time when I come to church and I'm getting ready to preach, you know, I'm praying, God, breathe life into this sermon or else it's going to be dead, you know? And uh, I mean, that's what, what I'm feeling like. And, and, and m- most of the time, I have no idea what's going to happen, how God's going to move, how he's going to work. But I, but I trust in this that God's word does not return void. And so I want to preach it and I want to share it with a you know, confidence and authority. But there are times, I wish it was more often, but there, there are times when I know God's going to do something. There are times when I, when I know that we're going to give you know, an altar call and there's going to be people that get saved. And I, and I just know it. I mean, I know God's going to move. You know, and sometimes I'm like, I'm preaching. I'm looking out going, Lord, I know all these faces. You know? and, and, but I feel like he's saying no. And he gave me that, that, that confidence, that faith. And sure enough, you know, people come forward or in a response time. And so it's, again, that gift of faith. There's been times when we've gone on the mission field that we're going into a city and I just know God's going to do something amazing. A lot of times, I don't. A lot of times, all I know is we're going, we're being obedient to take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world and the gospel doesn't return void. And a lot of times, I'm surprised by what God does. But every now and then, he'll give that gift of faith. So you following me? Is that making sense? Okay, what that gift of faith is. Um, we see it, you know, that, that, that type of thing with, with uh, Jonathan and his armor bearer, you know, where Jonathan, he didn't know. And he says to his armor bearer, hey, let's go down to the Philistines and let's just see what God might want to do, you know. We, I know he can save by many or by few. He didn't have that, that gift of faith in that moment. 
but God did something. And so um, that's how that works. So what's interesting, though, the gift of faith is used in conjunction with the gift of healings. Notice it's healings, plural, because there's more than one type of healing. And this is a gift from the Holy Spirit. And again, it's that sense where you can pray for someone and they are healed. And oftentimes, like I said, it's coupled with the gift of faith because you can pray with this confidence that God is just going to move and work and the Holy Spirit wants to touch. Now, you know, we're going to have guys in the back tonight, our pastors, that are going to be available to pray for anybody that's sick. Anoint them with oil. Pray for them. And we do this every single uh, first things first. Every single Sunday, every single Wednesday, every service, we have people up front that, that pray for people. And, and, and we're called to do that. You know, the Bible says if someone is among you sick, let the elders anoint them with oil and lay hands on them. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And, and, and so we do that. And we believe. We're praying with faith like that. Hey, you know, I believe that God can touch a person. He can heal them. And, and uh, you know, a few years back, I, I kind of had to, um, instruct, I'll use that word, not rebuke. I, I, I had to instruct our, our pastors and our deacons because I felt like a lot of them were praying what I call apologetically. And, and what I mean by that is when we pray apologetically, it's like, you know, let's say I'm praying for Aaron. He has something, he needs healing. And I'm praying, God, I know that you can touch Aaron. I pray you'd bless him. And I pray, Lord, that you would put your healing hand on him, that you would touch him. And, and, then, and then here's the apologetic part, you know, where, where we're kind of give God this out. But Lord, if that's not what you want to do, if you want to use a doctor, if you want him to go through, I pray, God, that you would just let him learn what you want to teach him through this, you know, and that whole type of thing. And I kind of instructed, I said, let's not pray that way. Let's pray believing that God can heal. And if he doesn't, and somebody wants to ask us about that, then we can share with them how God can use, you know, uh, our trials and our difficulties and, and that type of thing. And so we do that. We pray, you know, fervently and we pray with faith. But I tell you, every now and then, it happens to, I, I know the ones up here, where they get a sense like, I think God wants to touch this person right now. And they pray, and God moves, and he works, and that gift of healing is being exercised. And then he also mentions the working of miracles. Again, plural, and literally, this means operations of supernatural power. We see this all over the New Testament. Jesus turning water into wine. Jesus feeding the 5,000 with the five loaves and the two fish. And, you know, we, we see many examples of miracles, God moving and working in the supernatural. We read in the early church of, of these things happening. Let me read you a few verses. In Acts 2.43 it says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. In Acts 6 verse 8 it says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And in Acts 8.13, then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and the signs which were done. In Hebrews 2 verse 4, it says that God also bearing witness, bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and divers miracles and the gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Now the point in this is that miracles and healings, all of it is to point us 
to Jesus. It's to point us to the truth of who he is. It's, God, God uses that to assure us of his love. But here's what I want to draw your attention to. If you look back at verse 11. He says, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing each one to each one individually as he wills. It's for this reason, Paul's outlining here for us the sovereignty of God's spirit moving and working. It's for this reason that I do not believe, and there are others who agree with me on this, and and, and I'd say, you know, Pastors can be divided on this point, so I'm not going to be dogmatic, but I'm going to share with you that this is what I believe, and I think this makes the most sense to me, is that these gifts that we're talking about here in 1 Corinthians, aside from maybe the gift of tongues, and I'll explain this when we get to it in a few weeks, but, or a few months when we get there, but I don't think anybody possesses any of these gifts permanently. I don't think that anybody can say, oh, I have the gift of healing. No, I think what you've experienced is the Holy Spirit coming upon you in a moment and gifting you with the gift of healing because there was a need in that moment. It's not like somebody, and this is where we do see people get off. It's not like somebody can go down to you know, the uh, Tri-City Hospital tonight and walk up and down the rooms and go, I have the gift of healing and I'm going to touch everybody in the hospital. No. It's the moving of the Holy Spirit and he gifts certain people. I have prayed for people and they have got healed. God has given me that gift of healing. But you know what? I've prayed for a lot of people who haven't got healed. Some of you are going, man, I'm not asking Pastor Rod to pray for me. <laughs> I think the point that, that Paul is making here is the Holy Spirit gives the gift in the moment. And he gives it to, I think, those who are open, those who are ready, those who want to be his vessel. I've definitely exercised the gift of faith before. But man, there's a lot of times where I'm like going, Lord, I hope you're in this. Because I don't know. I'm stepping out. I'm doing what I I think you're wanting me to do. And I hope that you're in, in this. Because that gift of faith is something that happens again in a moment. It's not something that you, just, that you just conjure up. The Holy Spirit gives it to the knee. I've had words of wisdom many, many times. But I can't say, oh, I have the gift of word of wisdom. No, I've used, I've exercised the gift of, the, of word of wisdom when the Holy Spirit has empowered me to do that. Does that make sense? You know, I've had words of knowledge Many, many times. But again, I can't say, oh, I have the gift of word of knowledge. No, I've exercised that gift when the Holy Spirit has empowered me and come upon me in that moment. Sometimes it happens in counseling where all of a sudden I'm just like, you know, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm like sitting there listening to somebody and I'm, I'm like in my head going, Lord, I'm, help me, you know. I don't have a clue. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom. And there's this sense from the Holy Spirit, like here's the issue, here's the problem, here's what, they need, here's what you need to tell them. And it's so the Lord. But there's other times where I'm like, Lord, I don't know if that was fruitful at all. You know? 
Um, so, now, last thing I want to mention here is there are those who will say that the gift, when somebody doesn't get healed, it's because the person who was sick was lacking faith. And I think that's just a crying shame. And really, really just taking out of context what the scriptures tell us. I mean, it's interesting. Paul the Apostle probably had more faith than anybody, and he didn't get healed. He had some serious physical problems that he prayed and asked Jesus to heal him of, and he didn't get healed. Jesus didn't heal everybody. There are times where he comes to the pool of Bethesda, there's a whole bunch of people that are, are sick, and he healed one person. And what's also interesting, if you really, really be honest, is you know the Bible seems to put more emphasis on the person who is praying, their faith, than on the person who is sick. So these people that liked, and I call them shysters, because you know, they'll, they'll say, you know, what you're lacking is faith, and if you just will give, you know, that, that's where it always goes. If you'll give to our ministry, you know, God's going to increase your faith. And, and, it, and to me, it's just a, a way of taking advantage of people. But having said that, we need to desire the gift of faith. We need to desire the gifts of healing. We need to desire the gifts of miracles. Really, you know, Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 14 to desire the best gift. You know what the best gift is? It's the gift for the moment, for the need. That's what the best gift is. What's the need? If somebody needs to be healed, is the best gift the gift of prophecy? You know, that you're going to give them some, you know, great word or you're going to speak in tongues, you know, and they're like, great, that was wonderful, but I'm lame, you know. No, the best gift is the one that meets the need for the moment. And so it's really coming to that place where desiring, Lord, I want the best gift. Well, what's the need that I'm in? You know, I go to the hospital to visit somebody, you know, in, in, that's sick. Man, I'm praying, Lord, give me the gift of healing today. I'd love to be able to pray for them and have you touch and heal them. Because you know what? For most of them, that's what they're, that's what they're wanting. That's what they're hoping, you know? They're not calling the church and saying, can, can pastor come down and read the Bible to me? You know, you know no, they, they're, they're saying, can, can one of the pastors come down and anoint me with oil and pray for me? Because I'm believing, I'm trusting that what the Bible says. And so the best gift for, the, for that moment is 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 the, the need, the one that meets the need. And so as we come together tonight, as we're waiting on the Lord tonight, as we're worshiping and, and uh, you know, we're here in this place, we want to be open to, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm open to you using me. Um, and the thing is, is we don't know the, the needs that are in the room, but that's where the Holy Spirit can minister to our hearts and, and, and reveal to it. And so we have to be open and then we also have to take that step of faith. You know, when the Lord impresses upon your heart, maybe a verse to share or a word of wisdom to share or, you know, something like that. Or maybe there's somebody around you tonight that it's going to be made known that they have an, an ailment and, and you're going to be, you know, laying hands on them and we're going to be praying for them. And, and maybe the Lord's going to give you a sense of like, 
faith and, and healing that, you know what, I think God wants to touch this person right now. And you can pray for that person and pray for them with boldness in that. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you, Lord, for the gifts that you've given of your spirit, that you have desired your body, the church, to function and work in such a way where uh, we are all ministering to one another and you have an opportunity, even tonight, to shine forth in this room and in our time together through the gifts of the Spirit and through our worship of you. And so, Lord, we want to just give you that opportunity tonight to move and to work and to be manifested in this place that our hearts would be drawn closer to Jesus, to see you, Lord, tonight in your glory and have you move and work as you would see fit among us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.